Leave us alone. I never expected this from you. The thing I don't understand is why. Why would you do it? You know the consequences. I guess you just don't know people as well as you think you do. You miscalculated. I love Zuko more than I fear you. No, you miscalculated. You should have feared me more. Hobo Radio, the official podcast of HoboTrashCan.com, brought to you by the Podcast Network. You can share your thoughts on the show anytime by emailing Joel at Murphy's Law at HoboTrashCan.com. I'm Joel Murphy, this is Hobo Radio, and today I'm bringing you my interview with Gray Delisle, who's a phenomenal voice actress, and she just couldn't have been lovelier and couldn't have been funnier, and I'm really happy with how this interview turned out, so I hope you enjoy it, and I hope you enjoy it at the end, we're actually going to play a song by Gray uh, called God's Got It, that was recorded live at the uh, Redwood Bar, that um, you can actually see a video of it on YouTube, and it's uh, really cool to see, so I hope you enjoy that too. And I hope you enjoy the interview. You know, how did how did you get into acting? Like, how did you decide that's what you wanted to do? Well, I was raised by my grandma, and she um, had, like, a full-time job and everything, and I think it was pretty much, like, cheap child care because she would just get me into plays and stuff. <laughs> and I'd go straight there after school. Like, my friend's mom would drive me or whatever, and then those rehearsals would tell, like, 6 o'clock at night. And, and um so then she could pick me up. <laughs> it was pretty smart. It was very, very smart and kept me out of trouble, kind of. And, um, yeah, and then I, I mean, I always wanted to be. I From the time I was could talk, they said, like, I was, acting, you know, asking to, you know, getting up on whatever stage platform there was and trying to sing for people. They would take me to restaurants and they'd hear me going, like, do you like, do you like, um, you know, do you like songs? Do you want me to sing something for you? What do you want me to sing? And, you know, I was just constantly doing that so then they'd find me up across the restaurant singing for couples and you know pretending to be a dog and you know <laughs> they, they needed to watch me better they needed to watch me much better um but yeah and so uh and and then i got then i went to fine arts high school and you know fine arts junior high high school and all that and and then i did um stand-up comedy as soon as i graduated well actually i did stand up in high school but i couldn't do it a lot of places because i couldn't get into those places but um 
but yeah, and then I um, and then I was doing really bad stand-ups <laughs> and <laughs> in at the comedy store in Los Angeles, and this lady said, you know, you you do good impressions, but you're jokes need work and she's like you, you should just do some voiceovers while you're doing your you know working on your comedy act and I had done one voiceover in high school because I did this thing for um don't say yes when you really mean no that Nancy Reagan thing um I had done like a video for her you can rent it at Blockbuster still it's actually like a guilty pleasure rental now I think it's got like a little cult following because it's just so abominable it's just <laughs> horrible <laughs> i'm like 15 and i'm pretending to be this like valley girl i'm like you know like you just like shouldn't do drugs i mean it, it's just it, it's it's really laughably horrible and, the, and it's, it's a musical too and it was written by this 60 year old man who thought he was cool and was trying to be like a cool kid and you know oh god it's just like and synthesizers and you know he's like you know the kids love synthesizers and backward ball caps and baggy pants so we all were wearing like neon and it was just it was just horrible anyway but but this guy said hey that girl can talk really quickly i'm gonna after this caboodles beauty organizers commercial for me so i went and did that in high school and we didn't really have much money when i was growing up so i made like eight hundred dollars doing this voiceover and i was like god that's just fantastic i bought a car with it and, everything. <laughs> and um and i was like god i was there for like 10 minutes or you know i don't know maybe 20 minutes and um, so then I kind of kept that in the back of my mind of like, yeah, voiceovers are good. I like voiceovers. And I actually was able to join Astra from that. So um, so, so when the lady said, you should do voiceovers, I was like, I ain't done that before. Maybe I should. So I went and made a demo tape, and um, which was a ton of money at the time. It was like 800-something dollars. And but I thought, but if I get that one job, I'll make it all back in the first, <laughs> the first time <laughs> I work. So, um, yeah, I, um, I got the money together and... I, I did everything when I moved to LA. I cleaned houses and was a hostess, and I did singing telegrams and all kinds of crazy things. Sometimes I'm kind of annoyed, like by driving to Santa Monica or something for something, and then I like look over and see the the cleaning woman at the bus stop with all of her stuff, and I think, oh gosh, you were just doing that a while ago. You better stop being a jerk, and you know, just <laughs> you need to like. Just count your blessings and just drive to Santa Monica because you're being a diva. So, um, but yeah, so I, I did that. And yes, yeah, so I made demo tape and, and then I, um, it's really hard to get an audition, I mean, to get a, uh, an agent because it's easy to look at pictures and stuff and see if you want to meet somebody. But to actually put in a tape and sit there and listen to it, I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's, it takes a while for people to have that kind of time to do that, you know, but I, I got a recommendation from this casting person who called my agent and said, you should, really should listen to this girl's tape. I think she's good. And so my agent listened to it and invited me in and, and she took me right, right away. And she said, don't expect to book anything in your first, you know, first year that you're here. Um, but I, I just started going on auditions and it just started rolling in like right away. So it was like really, I, I had been trying to do some on camera stuff too, like little, you know, sitcoms. Thing. I did like Caroline in the City and that 70s show and just like a few little things when I first moved here. Um, but the voiceover thing just took off so quickly that I had to like tell my on-camera agent I can't I can't do any of those things anymore. Because it went from the point of like, I have an audition, awesome, yay! I was so excited to, oh shit, I have an audition, oh, but I've got to do this voiceover thing. You know, and it was just was making me have an ulcer. <laughs> and I felt bad because they were working so hard to try to get me on-camera things and, I, and then I couldn't even do them, so... So, um, so it was a very high class problem. <laughs> I'm just, am I bragging? I'm just gonna brag about myself for another what half an hour. I well, think I, I've got enough brags. I've got enough brags saved up. 
Well, yeah, I mean, that, that's pretty much the interview. I mean, the interview is all about that's you. That's what interviews and, are. Yeah, or like, essentially. You know, recorded brag or recorded <laughs> bragging. Well, um, well, but before we, we get into too much more of how awesome you are, I do have to go back because now I'm really curious about this stand-up and what that was okay. like. So, I just okay. like, what was your... What was your, because you did voices, obviously, you said, but, like, what was your routine? Like, what was your, your stand-up uh, about? It was terrible. I um, I was, well, I was raised by my grandmother, so I do a lot of jokes about my grandma and just, like, things that she said. And, oh, my God, it, it was so bad. Like, I know why that lady was like, you should look at your jokes. I mean, now that I look back, I mean, I was only, like, you know, I was young. So I, it was kind of cute because I didn't, I, you know, I was really unpolished and not very good. But, um it was pretty, but there was like not a lot. Of, it was like kind of a setup, and then, like, like I would say, um, I like, remember Anita Baker. It's just how old I am. But you remember Anita Baker, that that um, singer, you know, um, from the nineties. You know, she she did like I love you just because. And well, I would say like Anita Baker. She's a great singer, but you know, I don't know what the heck she's saying. Like she could be saying anything. She just she just mumbles all the time. She's like I'm humble just because I'm humble just because. And, and, and that's what I wanted to do. That was my joke. I was like, she mumbled. Anyway, here's an impression of her. Okay, next joke. <laughs> oh, and I did The Wizard of Oz, which didn't really have much of a joke thing behind it at all. It was just sort of like, this is a cool thing that I do, <laughs> which I still do it now. And then I also... Wait, I wait, hold on. Bit... What, so what is The Wizard of Oz, though, before? I want to hear... The... I would, oh, I would just go like, um, um... Here's the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> and then I would say, I want to go home. I want to go home. And I am Uncle Henry. I'm frightened. You know, and then I go, put him up, put him up, put him up, put him behind the back. Yeah. You know, you don't have to hit me. I was only fooling. And then I'd say, you know, um, who killed my, or, you know, who killed my sister? Was it you? I'll get you, my pretty inner little dog, too. <laughs> you know, and I would just do, and then I would go, as good and as I vouched it, I verily examined it, and she's not only nearly dead, but she's quite sincerely dead. You know, just the whole, I don't know, just a lot of impressions, a lot of impressions, and with really nothing behind it but the impression. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then I also was like a little bit chubby, not really, but like, you know, I was like 18, and I, you know, everybody goes through a little, little, little tiny bit chubbiness, but I wasn't by any means somebody who could make fun of their weight without offending people who actually have a weight problem, but I did. I made fun of my weight, um, <laughs> and I was just like, and it, this is the stupidest joke, but I would say, um... Oh, I said, my grandma says I eat like a bird. You know, I've, I'll, you know, I've, I'm eating, and she's like, mijita, eat, because I'm Mexican, Irish, and my grandma's Mexican. But anyway, I, I was here to mijita, you eat like a bird, eat something. And I'm like, yeah, I do eat like a bird, grandma, big bird. That was my joke. <laughs> <laughs> it's awful. I think people like laughed because I was kind of charming and <laughs> they didn't know what else to do. So it was almost but, like yeah. weirdly like Andy Kaufman esque. Like, so. Yeah, I, yes, let's say that because he was a genius. So yes, I do. <laughs> like if you were conscious of that. it, like if you were conscious of it, it would have um, been. You know. Yeah, if I had been conscious of it, yes. Okay, I give you that. But I thought I was just great. I was like, these are great. These are really funny. People are laughing. They did, but I think most of mostly out of uncomfortability. <laughs> Anyway, but yeah. But then I ended up like being really good friends with people that are actually really good comedians. And, and I still go watch comedy and support comedy. And I'm like, what the fuck was I doing? <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank God. Thank God. Um, 
you know, everything took off, like voiceover stuff took off. Because I feel like socially I'm a, an entertaining person, but I, it's, a, it's a, a special craft that I, yeah, I don't think so. I've done sketch comedy and stuff, but I, I think I'm much more comfortable doing it. I think I'm funnier that way when it's like kind of more set up and... And it's not just me, because I have kind of a stage fright thing. Like when I was in a band and I was a lead singer, I would get really, really, um, if it was just me, like Grey Delisle, like I would get really scared singing. But for some reason, if I was with a group or because I would get, I did this band called Side Saddle with a bunch of girls and I didn't get as, as afraid then, you know, and, I'll, and also when I, when I perform by myself, I always have to pretend that I'm like, I actually am acting when I'm up there because people are like, gosh, you seem like such a mean person when you're singing, like you're really serious and because I'm pretending like I'm someone who's not scared shitless. So that's kind of like my, that was what I was kind of acting. When I, whenever I performed, I was just kind of acting like someone who wasn't scared. <laughs> so, I don't know, yeah. It's complicated, but yeah. So were you, um, you just always sort of naturally could uh, do impressions and, and do voices and stuff? That was just something that you always Yeah, did? I, I would watch Johnny Carson and like, you know, the, the Tonight Show and stuff with my, with my, you know, just by myself, my mom would let me like stay up late, and my dad would let me stay up late. And then the next day, I would when they were getting ready, I would do whatever comedian, you know. I actually used to do everyone else's material in high school. Like when I in early high school, they needed somebody for the talent show to do like to be there when they were changing sets and stuff. Like when they were changing, the, and they're like, "Can you just go out there and just tell?" jokes and I thought yes I know tons of jokes <laughs> I just went out there and did like everyone's material like just everybody I was doing like Richard Pryor and I would do it like, you know just uh yeah everybody's stuff um and at the time Andrew Dice Clay was popular and I'm like that's not my persona at all like I have nothing to do with who I am like this little you know suburban teenager but I did his material too <laughs> so just I didn't think there's anything or... wrong with it well, no, I kind of put it on. I wouldn't say that it was him, but I would put on his whole thing. It wasn't wasn't very um, skillful theory. <laughs> <laughs> but and I didn't think that it, there was a conflict with that at all. I was like, yeah, jokes, great. Everybody's doing, you know, I mean, I just, yeah. Which is yeah. like, it, it's funny, too, because stand-up comedy is definitely like the one arena where joke stealing is it's like the worst effect. you know you hear about that a lot with, with I know and people still get really successful from doing it <laughs> yes you can oh, still make a good it's career it's like Twitter it's like Twitter I see people and I'm like oh, uh, hey that's somebody else's joke I know that joke and then the person's got like 50,000 followers I'm like I hate that person because the person that I know that really wrote the joke has like 10,000 followers I'm like that sucks anyway, but yeah, yeah that's, that's, they say that like you know Dennis Leary and Carlos Mencia and all those people. I used to watch Carlos Mencia when I was when I was doing stand up in um, in uh, at the comedy store in L.A. So I was he was like already a headliner. I was like doing open mics and like doing anything I could. So I I wasn't like friends with him or anything. But like Joe Rogan was there. They were they were friends. Or for what from what I thought I thought they were friends. I don't know. I guess they're not friends now. <laughs> I've, heard, I've heard Joe Rogan saying some things about him, but um, you know so. Um, yeah, yeah, joke stealing, not good, not good. Yeah. Alright, so, so you, you sort of, uh, you start pursuing the, the voice acting career and it, so it takes off pretty quickly, right? And you just, all yeah. of a sudden you're booking all this work and so, is that, I mean, was there a moment where you're, it just sort of clicked like I, I'm a voice actor now or were you still kind of figuring out what you were doing or? 
Well, I think when I got that first check, I was like, wow, this is awesome. I don't care about comedy anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm just going to do this. This is great. Um, so I kind of didn't, I just, it just, I was just glad to be working. I just couldn't believe that I was making money doing something that I loved so much. It was just amazing to me. So, yeah, no, I kind of just like left all that behind and just focused completely on the, on the voiceovers, and I mean, I, and I started working just like every every day. About I remember when I was thinking, gosh, I'm working, you know, three times a week, and that was like like a year into it. And then I'm like, this is my job. Like I do this, and I I don't have to because you know when you're an actor, you're always like, well, I'm an actor, and like, oh, really, what restaurant do you work at? And I was like, Chin Chin, which was the Chinese place. <laughs> but um, but then after a while, it's like, no, I'm an actor, and this and and if people ask me, you know, what restaurant do you work at, I can say, no, I really am an actor. I get paid for it. It's just weird. It's weird than that first starts happening because you can't believe it. And you kind of resign yourself to the fact that you're going to be poor forever and you're probably going to have, you know, two or three jobs for the rest of your life if you're going to act. But, you know, every now and again, you know, it works out. So, because still some people I know that I think are amazing, they still have to do other things to make it, to make ends meet. And, you know, not, they're just happy to be doing what they love occasionally. So were you, once you found the voice acting, though, was that, pretty much it like you never had to have another job after no that. no i no i didn't really have to i didn't do that yeah I, I i remember having like a really crappy job and going god can if i could please if, if i could just do the voice acting forever i swear i will help people i will do and i do i i, I mean well here i am i'm a brat can are you ready for more brag <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, but yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I do try to like pay it forward a lot i mean i try to do that you know and and you know I've been I've been a dummy sometimes. I've done things for people. People are like, why did you do that? And I'm like, I don't know. I just they just needed it, and they ended up being a jerk. But whatever. Um, but but I did make a promise. I was like, God, if you help me do this, I will. I promise I will be a really great person and try to do a good job with the money that I get. But I just do not want to do these crappy jobs ever again. And it was sort of like right after that, it's kind of just I don't know, kind of that. And then you were like, man, now I have to be a good person. Like, I promise. Yeah, I know. I was like, bargaining with God. I made him. <laughs> and then I was like, if this team wins, God. I don't know. <laughs> it's so stupid. Thank God's up there like, God, I hope the Chargers win. Anyway. <laughs> uh, so... So what, uh, I'm always curious, like, what is it like, um, going in for auditions? Is it normally... Uh, do they have something in mind? Do they show you a picture of the character and you kind of come up with a voice? Like, how does it normally work when you're you're going in for something new? Yeah, they give you, like, a description of the character at the very least. Sometimes there's a picture, which is great. Um, and then you just kind of, I kind of have, like, a, because I come from a theater background, I, I kind of have, like, a, a repertory company in my head of, like, different characters that, that can be manipulated to fit different parts you know so they're they're that's why a lot of people are like i've heard that person before it's like yeah you have they had an accent last time but yeah it's the same, <laughs> same like actor in my head so i have like a few old ladies and a few boys and a few ingenues and a few you know i mean and so i kind of plug them into different things because they're so fully developed in my head it really is it's like having a theater company in your head that you're just casting i cast i cast plays from you know, when they give me a script, it's like getting a play, and then I kind of cast my company in the parts. And they're, and so I think if you go in cold with not having those characters in your head already kind of established, they're not as beefy. They're just not a, they're, they're a little less 
fleshed out, you know? I don't know. I just, like, I've lived with these people in my head for so long that, um, you know, I know that one of my old ladies will be able to handle this part if I just give her, like, a weird lisp or make her sound heavier or, you know, I don't know. So that's kind of how I do it. But And also, I just feel like they don't really know what they want. They want you to go in and show them what it is they want. Because sometimes people go in going, gosh, what do you guys want? I mean, I'll do whatever. And then how can you come up with something that's, substantial you're sort of like making the shell of a character based off of what you think that they want you know and it just doesn't come off as strong it comes off as a little more desperate and like a little bit it's sort of like a muddy character like that doesn't have a point of view but I kind of come in and go like I have the perfect person for this part you know in my head <laughs> so here it goes this is the person and then you know it just seems like somebody who's already lived and already breathed and it just has a lot of different nuances and it's very very, you know, um, very much more detailed character than I would give if I was just going off of, what do you guys want? So, anyway. I mean, I've gone in with completely different things, like, especially sometimes it's like, you know, we want somebody who sounds like Mae West or whatever, you know, or we want, you know, or we want somebody who sounds like, you know, I'm trying, I'm trying to think about the more updated character. <laughs> I was just like dated stuff in my head. When we we did this reading at this Comic Con, we were like, we're going to do this movie reading, and you know, what impressions do you do? And I'm like, well, I do the Golden Girls and um, Edith Bunker, and the guy that was casting was like, do you have any characters from like that kids might know? <laughs> like, um, yeah, um, but you know, like they'll say. Um, Who's like a recognizable type, like not like a Nicki Minaj type person or whatever? Oh, no, I don't even know what she sounds like. Well, never mind. Um, like a Gwen Stefani. So everybody's going to sound, you know, kind of like, you know, like that. And and, and I and so I think, oh God, every audition is going to sound like that, and they're going to get sick of that. I'm going to do something that's along those lines, but totally different, you know. So I don't know. I just I, sometimes I just kind of throw in a curveball and get the part because they're so sick of hearing squeaky voices all day that mine kind of stands out. I don't know. I asked for a southern accent, and I thought oh, they're going to hear like a billion southern accents. I'm going to do something. Well, I'm going to do something midwestern or something, and see what happens with that. So, yeah. And and do you find uh, do the the voices evolve over time? Like that you kind of mentioned the theater company in your head. Like have they they changed at all, or, or were they pretty? Are your voices pretty fully formed early on? Because I, I know some voice actors I've heard just talk about like as they've done the character longer, like you sort of settle into the the voice or whatever. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, when I first started doing Vicky on The Fairly Odd Parents, she had kind of a little bit more of that kind of sound, and it was like a little bit more teenager, and then she kind of just got a little bit more nasal and just, I don't know, <laughs> <laughs> a little more evil. And so because I've, I've, I've seen like the pilot and stuff, and I was like, oh, yeah, Vicky was like totally different back then or yeah, so it definitely evolves. Um, but, but but as they are like actors in my head, they're completely malleable. So I mean, I mean, I don't. They're, they're not set in their ways. It's like telling an, an actress, like, here, can you play this part? It's gonna every time she plays the part, it's gonna be totally different. All the different parts that she plays, even though she's the same actress. Weird. I don't know. I have. But there are people in my head. <laughs> yeah. How, That's how, what I'm saying. Basically, I'm nuts. Yeah. How how many voices do you hear in your head? <laughs> I know. <laughs> I try to squelch the ones that tell me to do bad things. Um, but um, yeah, there's definitely there's about 15 people in there, <laughs> and I just like plug in different accents and different um, attitudes and, did and they, different speech impediments. 
And were they, did they all come along over time? Or like, how did you discover that you had these, these 15 different voices? Was it just a product of doing voice work over and over again? Or you just sort of always had these voices like when you started out? Well, I just, from doing the voices over and over and I, and I thought, oh, okay, so I can do that kind of boy. So I can do kind of like that kind of boy who's just like a little bit older and, you know, just thinks like skateboarding is really cool and stuff. And then, like, maybe he, I just like, maybe he's a little younger, but he's kind of the same boy because he's just a little bit younger. And then maybe he's even younger than that, but he still has that in him. You know, I don't know. <laughs> so, so then I think, well, I know that kid because I know kind of his little lisp he has. Sort of like, it's just, it's just got like kind of a wide S sound. And I don't know. And then it's kind of a little more wide eyed kid. It doesn't have kind of a lisp at all. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Do you, do you have a, a favorite or, or, like, a couple of favorites to do? Like, are there any that you enjoy more than the others? Or? Um, I really love being evil characters, like, really evil characters. Because like, I'm a pretty nice person, so I think I probably have a lot of pent-up rage at the world. <laughs> um, I'm tired of smiling all the time. Um, and I, Azula from Avatar, that was, like, one of my favorite parts ever. Because she got to go crazy, and she was just, you know, so evil and so ruthless and... Um, I, I just, I love going crazy. <laughs> I do. I really love to go crazy. So are you someone, um, like when you're uh, recording the, the lines, do you get pretty into it? Like are you standing up and, and sort of acting stuff out, or are you just kind of more relaxed, or what is your, your style for acting, I, recording? I act stuff up. I, I sit down, but I act a lot with my body and stuff. Sometimes I hit the mic stand and stuff like that. Unless I'm singing, then I try to stand, but I'm basically a lazy person. I feel bad because when Tom Kenny's in there, he's always standing, and I'm like, oh, shit. Now he's going to make me look like a lazy ass when I sit down. <laughs> but, um, but but if I'm singing, I'm standing, and, and I, but I definitely over, you know do it with my whole body, you know, just like, yeah. And sometimes it gets too noisy sitting in your chair because you're moving so much, so I'm like, oh, okay, I'll stand because I'm making all kinds of squeaky noises with my chair. So, and does yeah, it- I get pretty into it. Does it make much of a difference to you if you're recording it, like, at, you know, because I know some animated things, they do it sort of like a radio play where you're all there, and then others you just kind yeah. of go in and lay down the voice. Does that make a difference for you? Do you prefer one way or the other? Or? Well, um, when you're with everybody, it's fun because you can talk to everybody and everything, and it's that's kind of fun. But when you're by yourself, you get out faster, and you can go do fun things with your life. <laughs> so... I mean, I like them both. I mean, you know, both of them have their, their good things. But I really do love working with my friends. I mean, there there's really no jerks in the business. Like, I don't know anybody who's just a complete jerk. Everybody's pretty nice. <laughs> so um, they're all, everybody's pretty fun to hang around with. So, yeah. yeah, I think if you if you weren't recording stuff with people, it, it has a, like a, there's a chance that it could become a very solitary kind of thing where you're just, like, walking in a booth and you just say your lines and you're maybe interacting with, like, the engineer or the director or whatever, but then that that's your day. Like, you might not talk to anyone else. Or... Yeah, well, and a lot of promo people, do, you know, they, they just work by themselves, and it just kind of seems kind of sad. Um, and also, like, a lot of now times, everybody, now times? What's that? Um, <laughs> you just, you just um, you just I'm just that. like a prospector. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, but people have, you know, a studio at their house. And so they never leave, and they just do all their stuff. I mean, not, not animation so much, you know, but, but, you know, sometimes people do their little commercials and stuff from home. And I, it seems so sad. And we have a, a booth here, and I just do my auditions from it. 
but even then I miss, I miss getting, I need to be seen. I, <laughs> I, like, I like to get dressed up and, um, yeah, go, yeah, get complimented. <laughs> well, an empty shell of a person who needs a lot of reassurance. Well, I would also, <laughs> would also just think it would be bizarre to like go in your back room and like do a voice or something. You know what I mean? Like you're, you're in your yeah. pajamas just like, half awake yeah well when i do my auditions like i do them in bed like my husband just like brings our laptop we have a booth in the back but now i'm too lazy to even walk (laughs) back to the garage so i'm just like laying in bed and i'm like cackling and doing all these weird things and sometimes he 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 hates like he's like oh god it's so weird like sitting two feet away from you and holding up the microphone for you while you're cackling in my face it's awkward you know what that is though that's um, that's love right there that. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, I know. And it's usually like if we're not getting along, if we're having a good argument or whatever, but then I need him to record my audition because I don't know how to do them by myself. So <laughs> I kind of have to go crawling back. It's like, no, you're, no, you're a jerk. I'm like, oh, just out of my sight. And then it's like, hmm, I guess if you want to do those auditions or whatever, I mean, you know, I, I mean, I'm sorry about before, but do you think you... And then I have to, like, go, Hi, I'm this little lady, and I, you know, like, while he's sitting there steaming at me, holding up the microphone. <laughs> yeah, I'm just... Now I just have this picture of you in bed, and him just, like, yeah. rolling his eyes while he's holding a mic oh, up to you. <laughs> that's absolutely a perfect picture of what you just thought of right there. That happens daily. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm like, can you not, like, make a face? Because sometimes I'm doing something kind of embarrassing. I mean, he's got, like, social anxiety problems, so it's weird for him to even be there while I'm doing that. <laughs> so he's just like, oh, God, it's so weird. You're just, like, doing those weird ways, and you're not embarrassed at all. Because he can't, he's a really great musician, but he can't do it while I'm watching him or record while I'm watching him. He's like, oh, it's just too weird. You're sitting there watching me do it. I can't, I, I can't. He's like, I just don't know how you can do that. Also, if we're fighting, he's like, I, just, I don't know how you can just, like, sit there and do those dumb voices while we <laughs> a big argument. <laughs> and I'm like, ah, I got to make some money. Um, but, uh, yeah, he does. Oh, yeah, so I said, can you not make a face while I'm doing it? And he's like, I'm sorry, it's just so weird. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm doing, I don't really, I don't, you know, ugly voices. You know, he's just like, oh, God. <laughs> my face. My face does, uh, but I didn't really notice my face until like I, I saw myself doing a voice in some podcast or something, and I'm like, oh my gosh, my whole face looks gross. Like I don't like that face to make when I do that voice. <laughs> <laughs> turn away, turn away. Yeah, I've never seen my voice before. Before all this technology started in the last ten years of all these podcasts and everything you do being recorded and. Like, you know, going to these conventions and people go, do this voice, and then they record it on their camera phone, and then I put it on YouTube, and I'm like, what's that? Oh, my gosh. I don't know. I, I had just never seen myself doing this before. It was weird. Yeah. Which is funny, because yeah. I would think you're you're basically having the same experience those people are having, because all those people, they've never seen you do the voice, so they're for the first time like, oh, that's what the person, but you also are going like, that's what I look like? Like, it's kind of a weird... Yeah. 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 I had glasses for the first, you know... 10 years of my life until I got, well, I guess 20 years of my life until I got um, the LASIK surgery. And when I got that, I was like, oh, my God, that's what I look like. Because I had never really seen myself without glasses. <laughs> so I always had to kind of imagine, like, what my face looked like without the glass. And, you know, but, but you know, when you can see yourself clearly without them, it was just like, that's my face. Okay, all right. I can like myself without that. That's all right. <laughs> you know, but it is weird. It's weird. So, yeah. I miss my glasses sometimes. You can always get the fake, you know. You could get the. fake I know, but it seems weird to wear the fake ones. You can't wear. You can't. 
Because then somebody's going to take your glasses off and you go, what? He's not even prescription, you poser. There's not even any so. lenses in here. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. I know, I know. Yeah. <laughs> it's to go through. Yeah. Uh, so, what is it like, um, you know, I, the character that comes to mind the most, like Daphne um, from Scooby-Doo, I know that you've done a, a lot, like, characters yeah. like that that are established characters, you know, that, that people have an expectation for, is it different for you to do that voice versus something you created? Yes, because you're terrified of the internet going like, I'm going to make this, I can't believe that Gray did it like this. You know, <laughs> so-and-so is better, it kills me. I'll read all that crap, too, and I'm like, they, they said that, you know. But um, with Daphne, though, it was even a more special case because I, um, because Mary Kay Bergman, the woman who did it before me, was like a dear friend and one of my teaching. You know, my te- she was my first voiceover teacher. She taught me how to do voice matches and how to, you know, just how to build a character. And I mean, she was just an amazing woman. And um, and you know, she had passed away. So it was like, oh gosh, now I've got to go. I, I I wasn't gonna audition for it. I was like, no way. I couldn't believe that life was going on after she died. Like they were holding up all these auditions for her parts, and and you know, people that are nice people, actors, but, you know, they get into that actory weird mode of, like, well, you know, somebody's got to do it, and they're going to hire somebody, right? You know, I mean, and it was just, like, I, it was gross to me, totally gross. People were, like, sending in audition tapes to Disney to do her um, Jessie, the, she did she did the singing Jessie the Cowgirl, and so people were, like, sending in, and it was just, like, ugh. I just, ugh, I didn't want to have anything to do with it. And her husband was staying with me at the time because he didn't want to go back to their house because that's where she had died, and oh, wow. so... Um, yeah, and so I was like, well, they sent me this thing for Daphne, and I'm not doing it. I was like, I can't do it. I, I'm not going to listen to her, because they had, like, different, you know, just different, like, references of her doing Daphne so you could practice her cadence and everything. And I was like, I can't. I mean, she just died, like, a week ago, and now I'm supposed to listen to her voice and try to do her voice? Absolutely not. I can't do it. So I called my agent. I wasn't going to do it. And he was like, Greg, you have to do it. She, she, you were her student. You were her beloved student. She's so proud of you. And, it, you know, if you don't do this, somebody's going to do it that didn't have any attachment to her and didn't, you know, know her. Um, and I was, like, kind of conflicted about it. And so I said, well, I'll go to the audition, but I'm not going to listen to her reference. I just can't do it. It's too painful. I mean, I was supposed to speak at her um, memorial, and I couldn't do that either. They wanted me to sing, and I was like, I can barely form a sentence here, so I'm definitely not going to be able to sing. Some people were up there singing, and I'm like, how did they do like that? I don't know. I was I cried for weeks, so it was really hard. Um, but I, I went in, and the engineer said he got goose because he was like, oh, my God, that's, that's exactly it. He said you sounded closer to her than anybody who had studied that tape. So, and it must have been her doing that because... I really didn't put much into that at all, trying that. So, um, but yeah, I, I felt a, a special responsibility for her to make sure that that um, I carried on as she would have wanted me to. Um, but but other things like Betty Rubble, I did Betty Rubble, and that was terrifying because there have been so many amazing actresses who've done that part, and I was afraid of the internet bitching about it. <laughs> but they're pretty nice. Everybody's been pretty nice, so I'm uh, you know, yeah. yeah. But- in general, people get super dumb things. They don't get out of me for things that they really should do. <laughs> <laughs> if they knew the stuff, yeah. they should be getting angry. <laughs> oh yeah, no, there are a lot of things. There are many reasons to be mad at me. <laughs> they just chosen all the wrong ones. <laughs> they, if they knew the buttons, they could be hitting. They'd... Exactly. <laughs> Uh, but, it, like, so with the other voices, though, do, would you listen to the the other actors a lot, like, and kind of try to mimic yeah. them? Or do you, at some, like, is there, I guess, is there a point where you do just make it your own, though, and you just kind of forget everything else? 
Well, even with Daphne, like I, I definitely put a lot of my own snark into it now because I'm a pretty, pretty sarcastic person. <laughs> and so somebody said, somebody was like saying, "Hey, you know, I noticed that ever since it was, I can't remember what the first one that I ever did was, but uh, it was like um, maybe been Zombie Island or something. I can't remember exactly what the first Scooby Doo was, but they said, you know, ever since then, Daphne's a little bit more of a snark." Or about, like, you know, when, when Fred's flirting with a girl or he's just being annoying or, you know. And I, I was like, oh, my gosh, that's when I took over the part. I must be rubbing off on Daphne. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely have. I mean, sometimes I'm just like, oh, come on. can't Like, when I used to play Emily Elizabeth on Clifford, they wouldn't let me be snarky at all because, like, Emily was supposed to be really nice. And no matter how much of a jerk Jetta was, the little girl, the, the mean little girl on the show, I was like, can't Emily do anything? Like, uh, yeah, that's real nice, get it. Or whatever, you know, I mean, she's <laughs> <laughs> like, that's really nice, get it. Yeah, cause, like, when she did something, you know, the vine was really like, that's really nice, get it. And I was like, and they wanted me to go, that's really nice, get But instead I was like, that's really nice, get Anyway, you know, and, then, <laughs> and they were like, no, Emily can't do that, Grace. Sorry, she's got to be really sweet throughout the entire thing. She can respond to any negativity. <laughs> I was like, God, it's so frustrating. She's spineless. So, so what was the what was the Daphne thing though? Like, what was sneaking in though? Like, what what were you doing that sort of? You know? I guess it was just my take on what I mean, you know, because a lot of acting is like, what would I do in this situation? I mean, you have to put their circumstances on it too, like what would the character do? But but a lot of the choices I make are based on you know what how would I react? Like, what's the truth in this? You know, so I mean, a lot of I guess how I would really react can just sneak through and. So, yeah, yeah. So what uh, what is it like doing video games? Like, is that very different from act? You know, because you're just sort of you have to do like eight million versions of the lines and stuff. Like, do you enjoy doing that kind of stuff, or is it just a weird? You know, is it? Um, I love I love doing video games. I don't do a ton of them because I charge a little bit more than other people because I you know it's, I, it's like because sometimes they can you know they can hire you for as many voices as you want so some people are willing to pay the extra money because they know that you can do like five or six characters for them um, but um, but since they're, they're they are kind of hard on your voice and they can be tedious like you know really really thick scripts so sometimes if people just really want me um, or something that I really like 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 I just took over Carmelita the Fox and Sly Cooper and I was like oh wow it was an established character and I was like oh, I didn't study that one at all though I, I didn't I mean I knew the character but I didn't like, listen to voice reference or anything I just kind of made it my own but um, if it's something that I'm like really interested in or I'm excited about I'll like say oh I really would love to audition for that I'll tell my agent I'm interested um, but um but yeah, the, um, video games could be pretty hard on your voice. But but um, if I sign up for something, I'm I'm signing up to scream or whatever. I'm like <laughs> I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be the person that like signs up and then like this is kind of hard for me to do because it's like no, you're here, you're paid to talk and to scream, so you're gonna do it and not complain because yeah, I'm, I, I don't complain once I'm in the part. <laughs> but if I know that it's something that's tons of screaming ahead of time, I probably won't like volunteer for it. But, um, but if I do take the character, I will I will do what they want me to do for an hour because I feel like that's what you're here for. You can't complain. You can't be like a welder and go like, oh, these sparks. I'm, I'm not really into these sparks. <laughs> like, no, you have that's your job. Do it and don't complain about it. So, yeah. well, I, no, but it, I, I love video games. If I can, uh, this is my, I, I have to name drop for a second, and I hate doing that, but you just reminded me. Uh, so no, you love it. You I do. It. Well, when I was interviewing <laughs> Kevin Conroy. Uh, uh, oh, yeah. No, but no, I, you just reminded me when you were saying that, that he, um, 
he talked about when he first started doing Batman that he was like killing his throat with the way that he yeah. did the voice and and but he had like locked himself into do, you know they had like filmed like three episodes or something and they're like well no that's how you're doing the voice now and he had to to sort of learn how to do it without killing his throat so I was just curious like have you ever had experiences like that where you created a voice and then you get in there and you're doing it and it's like oh shit now I have to do this voice every week I pretty much know at the audition if I can do it or not because I mean, I've done things at auditions that they've fallen in love with they're like oh that's great we love the second thing you did can you just do more like that and I'll start doing it more and I'm like uh oh no and I'm like I really want money but I'm gonna I will I'm not gonna be able to deliver for them if I get this part so I've said you know what I love you guys and I really want money <laughs> I can't do if, I, if you pick this voice you are not gonna be able to I, I can't do it I'm sorry. I, I can't do this for more than 10 minutes. So, And sometimes they'll pick it anyway and go, we'll just book you into five different sessions and we'll just break it up over a week. We just love this voice so much. So, Oh, wow. Um, yeah. I mean, like, and like I, I did um, the, the fifth on Clone Wars when Gendy Tartakovsky did Clone Wars over at Cartoon Network, the first Clone Wars, and, um, and she sounded like fish. But I only had to say a few lines. So I was like, when they liked that voice, I was thinking, oh, boy. But then they're like, don't worry, Gray. It's only a few lines in the entire episode. So don't worry. So, yeah, so I did it. But but even when people ask me to do it at conventions and stuff, I'm like, oh, if four more people ask me to do this, I'm not going to be able to talk for this today. So, yeah, it's just completely grinding your vocal cords together for a few seconds. So, uh, so is there, um, are there any, you know, because you've had a pretty, uh, you know, expansive career. Like you, you've kind of done everything. Is there anything that you like really want to do, or, or any voices that you are shows that you just love to have a chance to work on? Well, I love Disney. I'm a complete Disney head. I would really love to do. I mean, I've done. Now I'm doing kind of the new, some of the new Disney stuff. Like I do a couple of the Disney um, Tinkerbell fairies, and um, and Lyria. One of the one of those Tinkerbell fairies has actually been chosen to do all of the um, Disney books for the Tinkerbell series, so all the, on the iPad. So I narrate all the iPad stories for Disney because um, she's a storytelling fairy. Um, but I would really love to do, like, an iconic Disney character. The only problem is I'm a singer, but I'm not, like, one of these kind of singers. You know, I sing, like, old and pushy music, so, and it's very much me. Like, when you hear me sing, it's like I can't get me out of it. I mean, I've, I've done some singing for Black Canary and Daphne and, um, you know, so I think that they're very much me. Like, it sounds like me. It doesn't sound like my character can as much. So um, I got really close on um, Sleeping Beauty. It was between me and, like, maybe two other women to play, to be the official new voice of Sleeping Beauty. And, oh, my God, that was my favorite Disney princess, besides Snow White. I love Snow White, but Sleeping Beauty was definitely a close second. But when it came down to that musical theater singing, I just couldn't get the gray out of it, you know. And uh, anyway, so... I know who got it. She's a great singer, Kate Higgins. She's a really, really great singer. And, and um, but boy, I know I had the voice. I know I had the voice completely right, but singing killed me. So, yeah. Well, I, I did want to ask you about a little bit about that, too, because I know that you, you've released a, a few albums and everything. Uh, mm-hmm. So what, was singing just always something you were interested in as well, like while you were doing the voice acting, or did you sort of, did that become more of a passion at some point later to do all the albums and everything? No, I sang from that, that singing was my first passion and drawing too. I used to do, I used to be an artist. I used to do murals and stuff for people's walls and I did portraits in the park to make money. And, um, but so I always thought I'd be either an, an, a visual artist or a singer. Um, the voices just kind of, I don't know. I, I, I knew that I liked, 
goofing around and I knew that I, I could, you know, talk in different voices when I was little, but I didn't think that was a job. I didn't, I couldn't imagine that being like a thing. Um, and I knew I wanted to act. So I don't know. Um, but, but I, uh, my mom was a singer and my grandmother is a singer. So, um, I just, that was always in our family. Like we would always, um, everybody's very musical. So when we would get together, there was always like music playing and people on the guitar and people singing and people harmonizing. Like I learned to harmonize when I was like five and, you know, um, with my aunt and my, and my grandma and my mom. And so we were always, you know, entertaining each other in that way. So I guess singing was a bit given. Um, that my mom was in a band when I was little, so I would go to rehearsals with her. So I kind of always saw her singing. So it just seemed like, you know, my son sees me singing all the time because I still do music occasionally. And so when we have rehearsal, he, he plays a tambourine or he plays a shaker. He, he just really wants to be a part of whatever all the adults are doing. So um, I, it's just, I'm just kind of passing that along. But yeah, the, the, the singing um, has always in there and yeah and, and so and and I did make some albums and tour but it's really hard to I mean you don't make any money in music unless I toured in the in the Europe which is the only place I ever was treated really well and, and <laughs> made money but um here it's like oh here go in this pee pee smelling room and wait there and then we'll see if we're going to pay you and in Europe it's like these beautiful theaters and these beautiful dressing rooms and money and people buy the records and it's just another world maybe, but um maybe Maybe you'll have one of the like searching for sugar man kind of things where you're, you're maybe you're huge in Europe right now and you don't even know it. Well, you know, it, that was weird. In the Netherlands, I my record got over into the Netherlands and I and then they invited me to come tour over there and I was thinking, how? I mean, are people going to show up? I mean, I would see the venue and I would see like other people that are on the bill and they were like bigger than me, like, way bigger than me. And I'm like, what? I mean, and I'm headlining. This is weird. And yeah, they, there were people that showed up, but there were these huge theaters full of people. And I, I, it was crazy. You know, the Netherlands, you know, the Netherlands liked me a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got that, you got that in your back pocket, you know, if you ever, if you ever need that. Yeah. You're huge in the Yeah. Netherlands. And I also, I also put out like kind of high quality um, vinyl records, like one 180 gram vinyl, which people in the, in Europe seem to really appreciate that kind of audiophile stuff. And we recorded everything on tape. It wasn't nothing was computerized, and it was all just. Um, I think they appreciated that more than people in the U.S. You know, so. And my husband's a music producer, so he does, like, everything he does sounds like Justin Bieber and all that stuff. I mean, he loves that Katy Perry, all that, like, synthesized, like, pro tools, like, you know, just <laughs> cleaned <laughs> up, you know. And so we have totally different minds about all that stuff. But I'm kind of learning to like his stuff, and he's sort of coming over to, he, he's starting, starting to appreciate my stuff a little bit more, too. So, um, yeah. So there's less... There's less eye rolling when he's recording you while you're sitting in bed playing the. <laughs> <laughs> no, the voices he'll never come to. He'll never come to understand. But the music keeps coming around. But like, I didn't know who Rihanna. Was. I knew who Rihanna was just from like Us Magazine and that she dated, you know, Chris Brown and all that. But I couldn't tell you one Rihanna song before we got married. Like, I didn't know at all. But he didn't know who Fred Astaire was, and I was giving what? him a bunch of shit about that. I was like, Fred Astaire, the dancer, you know, Fred Astaire. And he was like, I don't. He's like, I'm sorry. Uh, like ask any person under 30 years old and see if they know who Fred Astaire was. And, and I, I couldn't find, I, I, it was scary to me. And he's like, and I said, well, that's just ridiculous. He's like, you didn't know who Rihanna was. I don't want to hear it. Everybody knows who Rihanna is. So. I, I've often thought that she is the Fred Astaire of her generation. She though. kind of is, you know? Yeah. Really, yeah. Uh, but, and, and Chris is like her ginger, you know? You can't separate them. 
Uh, I think that is, seriously, yeah, you might have made the joke that only you and I would laugh at. So that's, I think <laughs> you're probably in that right. That's my specialty, making jokes that only me and one other person <laughs> find hilarious. Uh, well, I, uh, I always like to ask people, you know, what they'd be doing if they didn't get into acting. Do you think it would be music or do you think it would be something else? Hmm. The thing is, I just can't imagine. I really can't imagine being happy or fulfilled doing something other than what I'm doing. Because um, even with the music, I, I don't think I was completely... I mean, I like to be able to put gas in my car and eat food, <laughs> so um, music wasn't really, you know, satisfying in that way. Um, and I guess, I mean, I love, I love kids. I love like going to. I mean, some, I, I go to schools and stuff and do talks about my job and, and you know, just I love to read to the kids and just I, I just love getting those little hugs and they're just so sweet. And so maybe I would have been a teacher or something, perhaps. And also not been able to eat or put gas in my car. <laughs> um, so, um, the thing is, like a lot of my friends from um, acting school, like you know, we all grew up going to junior high acting school and then high school acting. You know, it was like a magnet program for acting. Um, performing arts high school. Before I dated Mario Lopez, he was kind of my high school boyfriend. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now he's uh, you know did, hosting things at the Grove. Did he wear like the, <laughs> the acid wash jeans that he wore as AC Slate? Oh, or? he was. He will tell you he was a big douche, douchey douche. He had like the permed hair. Yes. I would go see him with his like, oh god, when he was playing Slater, you know, he would yeah, have to get hair perm. That's all I'm picturing is you dating Slater, like in my head. Yes. So. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I would go watch tapings of Saved by the Bell, and yeah. Um, Did he call but, you Mama at any point? You know, it's like you're so funny, you're so funny. Yeah, he was always like laughing at me, but he would never like be funny back. He was always like telling me I was funny. If he listens to this, which he won't, because. I'm sure he's a huge fan of my site, though. I'm sure he. I'm sure he is. <laughs> uh, he's, he's come to do um, he's come to do Scoopies with us before, so I've seen him since then, and he actually lived really close to me for a, a while. Oh wow! Um, but he, um, but the latest he, we wanted him to do one of our latest Scooby Doo's, and we had a bunch of funny jokes, and we ended up, you know. Um, but you know the Taylor Hotner part. I don't know if you're if you're very you're probably not that familiar with the new Scooby Doo, but the the Mystery Incorporated version of Scooby Doo was hilarious. And the guy that created it, Mitch Watson, is just really funny. And he just had all these just it was always making fun of itself, you know. But um, um, we had a character called you know it was Mario Lopez at first, and then he kind of dropped out at the last minute. He he kept like making different schedule changes and all this stuff, and then finally he just dropped out. So we named the character Taylor Hotner instead of Taylor Lautner and he kinda of went in that direction with it. But um but I was kinda of looking forward to seeing him again after all that. Yeah. That I was kind of annoyed that he didn't do our Scooby. So <laughs> I don't know. He's too big. He's too big now. Extra's not gonna host itself. <laughs> That's so. true. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> uh T- tell me something that uh, most people don't oh, know. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, oh. wait, I got off track. I got oh, myself off I'm track. Sorry. I ruined my own answer. No, I was just saying that people that went to school, at the fine arts school that I went to, a lot of them, we all went on to college, and they chose things that they could fall back on. They're like, well, I'm going to you know, major in acting, but I'm going to minor in broadcasting, or I'm going to major in acting, I'm going to minor in social work or whatever. And, and they kind of all went on to do whatever they fell back on. I, and I kind of, I didn't do, I didn't have anything to fall back on, so I think I just, <laughs> just made it to where I just couldn't fall back on. <laughs> like, I kind of had to fall forward. And so I really had no other options. Honestly, if I moved to another town, my only skills are, and before I did this, you know, I could clean houses, 
could do singing telegram. And I worked at the Olive Garden for a while, and I was a horrible waitress. <laughs> I was just horrible. So I, all I could ever do, were, and I was a horrible hostess, too. I'd always, like, oversee people or not see people enough, and everybody was mad at me. And so finally, they just posted me at the door. They were like, you know what? You're going to be the door opener. You're the greeter. <laughs> you're just going to smile at people. Because they're like, you're good at smiling. You're good at being nice people. Just let people in. And, and that was, and I liked that. I was like, I can do this. I can open this door. I, I've got hospitality on to pull this off, and I think I'm ready. So, yeah, so it would be like Walmart. I'd be like Walmart opening the door but, and or, or Olive Garden or cleaning houses. Or maybe babysitting uh, kids. All right. So, <laughs> so but for, for all the kids out there that, you know, that are following this interview, the, the thing that you want to get across is uh, if you want to be an actor, don't have a fallback plan. That's that's the key. Exactly. <laughs> yes, I think that's true. Because otherwise, it's really hard, and there's so much rejection, and people are just mean, and you know, you get told a million times you're just not good enough, and, and if you have nothing to fall back on, you won't. Yeah, that's good advice. I think that's. I, I know you're joking, but <laughs> I really believe it has a lot. Of, and also, for all the kids that are listening to this, I'm sorry that I have. Bad potty mouth. I I think I cussed a lot. Did I cuss a lot? I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I don't think so. But I also, kids. I think kids, I said, Yeah, kids shouldn't listen to this. They really. They shouldn't. No. So, there should be a put, put a little warning at the top that the <laughs> S word. The S word is bandied about quite a bit during this interview. If you're ready for the S word? Come on in. Uh, so what what is uh something that most people don't know about you? Um. Not a lot. Not a lot. <laughs> the thing is, there, there, there should be far more that people don't know about me, but I have such a huge mouth, and I just say every inappropriate thing that you shouldn't tell people. <laughs> so, um, God, I don't, I don't, I don't, um, I like to embroider. I think I've told people that before, though. I, I mean, I, I really like to embroider. It's kind of a, I'm pretty much an 80-year-old woman. In a 39-year-old woman's body. You like to watch or, Fred Astaire tapes and uh, yes, an embroider. an embroider. And just, I'm going to be an awesome old person. That's, You're you know, already settled I love in. Yes, yeah, so I love C's candy, and I love your crap, candy crap. Um, and you've already got an old person voice. You can just at some point I know. I'm going to ease right into that. Pretty soon they're going to be like, that young lady voice you do is awesome. It's amazing. She's so old, and she's, she can do this great young girl sound. I hope. Uh, well, that's uh, that's every all the questions I had for you. I don't know if there's anything else that you want to mention or plug or, or anything like that. But mm-hmm. follow me on Twitter at Gray Delisle. Right. I love Twitter followers. I need them. I, I, I really love to read by my Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> you're fueled. You're fueled um, by them. Yeah, I'm doing a bunch of conventions too. I'm going to start putting up um, on my Facebook. I'm going to start putting where I'm going to be. But I'm going to be in Sacramento June second. And I'm going to be um, in Canada in September and um, in New Hampshire in September, too. New Hampshire, I think, September 28th and 29th. Anyway, I love doing conventions. If you want me to come to your town and meet me and sign pictures, just bug whatever local convention there is <laughs> and to, to invite me, because I kind of have to be invited. I can't really invite myself. So if you want to meet me and you want um, pictures of hugs, just bug somebody <laughs> for me. Bug someone on my behalf. I don't know, you could you could just show up in the parking lot and just you know set I, the table. I would, I would. I'm not desperate. No, but I really love doing those things. I really, really love it. And some people I know, a lot of actors are just like, Ugh, I don't want to go have to meet everybody. You know, but I really love me. <laughs> I'm desperate for validation, so I love like it's like a line of people to validate me. This is fantastic. Um, yeah. So, so if you want to meet me, just yeah. 
tell your local convention to invite me because people are like, why aren't you going to, you know, Ontario? And I'm like, I can't just go. They have to bring me. <laughs> you have to make it seem like you want me, and I'm not trying to push myself on them. <laughs> anyway. All right. Well, well, cool. Yeah, thanks for, for doing this. I, I really appreciate Thank it. you. Yeah, thanks. It was fun. I was I was having a conversation uh, with a friend of mine on Friday um, about you because I follow you on Twitter and I just think you're really funny uh-huh. and oh. and then it was he was like well, well you should try to interview her and then I like started looking into it on Friday and then I'm <laughs> <That's> <laughs> so easy I'm easy I should have played hard to get but no I, I know I threw myself out there <laughs> <laughs> you want me what <laughs> yeah. and now now I'm like I don't know if I want to talk to you now like it was too. <laughs> They're like, oh, I'll call you. No, I'm like, things are crazy right now, and it's been really busy, but, um, yeah. (laughs) 